Welcome back to Fishhawk, where we tell stories of Mainers working to make the world a greener place. This is your host, Kate Shambaugh. I met with Christina Hassett of the Maine Island Trail Association, affectionately referred to as MIDA. We met masks up on the Eastern Prom in Portland on one of those sunshiny spring days that is perfect for basking in the sun and listening to construction work. Please excuse any of the strange noises in the background because of it. I wanted to meet with Christina to learn more about the Maine Island Trail Association and what they were all about. Association. It's um, a Portland-based nonprofit, um, but we work all throughout the state, you know, well, along the coast of Maine. And we are kind of a stewardship-based nonprofit, and we do work on islands along the coast of Maine, um, maintaining trails and campsites. And our main goal really is to open up areas for access for public recreation. And so um, kind of one of the pillars or the tenets of MIDA is that we reach out to landowners who own these islands and ask, you know, if they would be willing to allow people to come and spend time on the island, camp on the island, walk the trails, and kind of in return, we're able to offer stewardship services. Like we have a vast network of volunteers that we're able to muster and they come out and they clean the shoreline and um, do the trail work. And so it's really a win-win situation for the landowner and volunteers get out to use the island and then these places kind of get published in our guide and if you're a member you can get the guide and then you have access to I think this year there's over 240 sites along the coast of Maine and so that we you know help manage with our partners and with the island owners and so yeah it, it was sort of born of this grassroots effort in like the late 80s where there were folks going out to these places and and enjoying them and also wanting to take care of them, you know, clean up the trash and make sure they're looked after. And so it was kind of the the motto of like, those who use the islands will take care of them. So we're really just trying to kind of grow and expand that. And um, yeah, now there's thousands of members and, and a lot of people who really benefit from being able to enjoy these special places, so. While it is very easy to become a MITA member, and receive information and maps for the trails, the islands that are a part of the program are open to public access, meaning they are open to whoever can get out to them. But what do you do once you get there? There are probably equal number of, you know, sites that are camping and sites that are just day use. Um, But it really depends on the island. You know, there are some islands that are really small you know they might have like one little area for a tent um which are by no means less valuable than other islands but you know the offerings are a little more limited i suppose you could say and then there are islands on the trail that you know are are huge and there are sites that we include that um have miles and miles of trails and um tons of campsites like for example we're we're here in on the eastern prom looking out you know i can almost see Little Shabig, that's a super popular island that's on the trail. It's owned by the state and there are like five or six kind of sanctioned campsites and there's trails and that island gets thousands of visitors a summer and same with Jewel, which we can't quite see from here, but it has 
like 11 campsites and lots of trails as well um, and so it attracts a lot being close to Portland as well it attracts thousands of visitors a year so um, yeah I mean I think like the unifying hope that people have when they go visit these places is to just enjoy them you know even if it's just a small spot where they can sit and kind of be at peace and enjoy the the like beautiful surroundings even if there's not a trail or a campsite um, that's really valuable as well I think to a lot of folks and um, but yeah camping and and walking trails and just enjoying the coast of Maine. How does MIDA monitor all the islands that are a part of the program and make sure that each island's needs are being met? It's a lot and I mean from you know the late 80s when this started to now it I mean we've grown really tremendously and and it's all like we would not be where we are right now without the volunteers that we have it's totally a volunteer driven organization you know at its core and one of our like biggest most robust programs is the monitor skipper program and um, that is like a core dedicated group of volunteers that we have who are sort of in it for the long haul we um, folks who are interested in going out and checking on these islands and willing to dedicate several days a month to going and checking on them. Um, we will train them how to use, we have a fleet of eight 18 foot LUNs, little aluminum kind of skiffs. And so we'll train them how to use the skiffs and we'll train them on, you know, which islands on any particular run that we need to stop. You know, we, we like folks to stop at and check. And um, so there's about 30 monitor skippers and they, will you know once they're all checked off they basically do like everything totally hands off from us so they'll go pick up the boat with their car and they'll put it in at a launch point and then they'll go and check as many as like 12 islands on a run and they'll bring it back top it off with gas and park it again and so um yeah it's a really amazing group of folks and then you know beyond that we take folks out um who are just going to volunteer for the day and we'll do cleanups which are really popular typically we have a cleanup in each sort of like region or bay like there's a casco bay cleanup and muskungus bay cleanup and on those events we have anywhere from like 20 to 30 folks coming out and they all pile in the boats and we kind of like disperse throughout you know like hitting the the trashiest islands and we'll come back and have literally boatloads of trash like just bags and bags stacked up on the boats and um so it's yeah it's a great effort and people love getting out and seeing the places but also you know giving back and feeling like they're contributing to you know some good some good in these spots that they really like so yeah that i mean it's really the work that volunteers do that allow us to maintain the level of like stewardship that we feel is necessary you know the word stewardship was mentioned quite a bit in our conversation, and to each place it means a little something different. So I asked for some clarification. Yeah, stewardship, uh, it, that is kind of tough. You know, it depends. Certainly from island to island, what we do is different. And then that can be influenced by, say, the owner. You know, maybe the owner wants it this way or that way, or, you know, particular in one way or the other of what they want done or not done. Um, and um, but generally, you know, we focus a lot of our efforts on um, trash cleanup um, and it's really it's unfortunate. It's not a lot of trash left by users, you know, folks coming out and camping or, or using the trails. But, 
just marine uh yeah marine debris that washes up and it's just kind of a constant problem and so we've really taken on the mantle of sort of tackling that issue as it arises on you know the islands that we take care of um so that's a big part of what we do um the trail maintenance making sure that you know once we put an island on the trail and we say it's open we want to make sure the trails are in fact open and the campsites are looking good and you know everything that we've sort of indicated is available is in fact available so we have folks who are trained um you know how to use chainsaws and we'll go out and do trail work days um typically like this time well, maybe not quite this early but in the beginning of the season we get sort of a report once all the islands start getting like their first visits on which trails need work and you know which campsites need work and this and that and so we get a good running list of all the projects that we need to you know kind of attend to for the summer um and so that really dictates you know where we're kind of focusing our efforts with all the work that they've done over the years I asked if she had seen a difference in the amount of trash that they'd observed on the islands themselves. Hmm, that's a great question. I mean, I'm sure, you know, if I had a moment to kind of look at the data based on, like, are we getting more bags or less bags, um, it probably, I would say it probably looks like it's increasing, but I think we have just been getting out a lot more, and they're, you know, we're getting more volunteers who want to help out and really expanding our, our reach, so... Um, it would maybe look, you know, appear not as accurate. It's hard to really kind of strike out all the all those variables, but um, you know, it's mostly far and away. It's just plastic trash, and I would say, I'm trying to think of like the most, like what we find the most, probably single-use bottles is huge. Those are maybe second only to like fishing gear. You know, there's just a lot of fishing gear that kind of loses its way and ends up on the beach line and buoys and and stuff and then yeah plastic and um we've been finding that ever since i think we started cleaning up the islands and it doesn't seem like it's going away either so um yeah it's it's a bit tough you know you kind of feel like you're uh sisyphus but it needs to be done so it is a bit disheartening i think when you come to an island it's just you know scattered with with plastic trash but um yeah you know we do what we can and hopefully there are some uh efforts on the back end maybe to you know kind of like alleviate the problem from there but keeping keeping it out of the ocean is is huge as well and so once it washes up on the island we take it out it's kind of out of the system and yeah it feels good she later sent me the information regarding how much trash they clean up every year In 2011, they cleaned up 283 garbage bags of trash, while in 2019, they cleaned up 1,472. Though it's difficult to say whether that's due to there being more trash out there or the fact that MIDA has been working to increase their stewardship efforts and create more opportunities to collect and remove marine debris that washes up, that's still thousands of bags of trash that don't stay in the ocean. Not only do they have volunteers go out to the islands for check-ins, but they also have people who are paid to stay on some of the islands themselves. So we have two caretakers, and it's funny, I mentioned Little Shabig and Jewel. Those are the islands that have the caretakers, but um, besides that, like we don't really employ any other island-based 
uh, yeah, kind of like stewards or caretakers. But yeah, they're out there from basically Thursday to Monday every weekend is sort of like the required, you know, time period just because that's when most people are out camping. Uh, but yeah, often they're out there like all the time. <laughs> they just have, you know, spend week in and week out out there. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty good deal. It's pretty nice. A lot of people management um, and, you know, some of the trail and campsite work as well. They're out there, you know, basically to help campers or users with whatever they might need and are a huge resource to folks who go out there who either hadn't been out before or, you know, um, yeah, just want to learn a little bit more about the island and uh, great representation for MIDA for people who are kind of new to the trail or, or new to the organization. And you used to do that yourself, yeah? I did, yeah. So I was a, I was a caretaker on Jewel for two seasons and then I was on Little Should Be for five seasons actually. So um, yeah, I mean like I it was it was a good situation. I loved it out there. I mean it's just really fun, you know, like being out there and you know everyone who's coming out there is so excited to come you know everyone's out there because they love it and so it's fun kind of sharing those experiences with campers and being able to offer you know um your own knowledge and and everyone typically is really receptive to that and um yeah to help guide people maybe who aren't familiar with um what we call kind of like leave no trace camping ethics and practices and um, so it's a nice opportunity for education in a lot of respects, especially to these two islands who get, you know, so many users. So it's a nice way to reach a lot of people and kind of influence them in that way. Um, but yeah, besides that, I mean, being the caretaker is just pretty great. You're living on an island, uh, except when the weather's, you know, not so great. So it's sort yeah. of, yeah, everything that you would imagine it being wonderful for, it's totally wonderful for, but, um, yeah, no one, when you say you're a caretaker on an island, no one imagines the like three days in a row where you've just been in your tent because it's been raining and yeah. no one has talked to you in three days because no one's coming out. And so like, <laughs> it ebbs and flows. Uh, but no, it, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a good time. So now I'm um, one of three regional stewardship managers. And so myself and Chris and Maria are the, you know, stewardship managers and basically the coast might we've divvied up the coast by thirds and so we each manage the islands and the volunteers you know more or less with with some overlap certainly like within our region and so um yeah I mean there's a, there's a lot to, to do and it first started I mean yeah it's amazing how much it's grown you know we didn't have any regional stewardship managers when I started which was I mean when I started on Jewel that is that was 10 or 11 years ago and then Maria came on and she was in charge of kind of like the whole coast and then uh, a couple years after that like Chris came on and split it up and there's just been more and more need for the kind of work that we're doing that um, it made sense to you know have an additional stewardship manager so so I came on most recently um, further breaking up the coast into more manageable chunks for the three of us so um, yeah I'm really excited to kind of uh, dive into that role a little more um, and expand my Mida horizons beyond Jewel and Little Shabig. <laughs> there are a lot of other great islands out there. Yeah.
There are a lot of islands on the coast of Maine and a lot of people who use them. That's a lot of information being passed around. How does Mida find out if an island needs to be checked on? So typically like within each region, we have like a run, a monitor run, um, where as I mentioned, these monitor skippers will go out and they'll check islands that we have identified through you know years of observation and use maybe um, see more trash or see more use or we just want to have eyes on them a little more um, so folks so the monitor skippers typically if there's an issue on any one of those islands they're able to kind of tell us in real time when they go out they send a report and it like bings right to our email that you know there's I don't know like a smoldering fire uh, in a fire ring that someone forgot to put out or, or this or that and typically they'll you know um, deal with an issue if it's easy to do right there of course um, but sometimes you know there's a huge blowdown on a trail and they don't have their chainsaw with them or anything and so we'll then schedule a, a day to get out there with some other volunteers or you know whatever we need in order to kind of address the problem um, but then you know there are islands that aren't included on these runs I mean there's 240 plus islands and um, yeah our runs don't check on all of them some are either just like really far away from everything else or they just don't see a lot of use so it's not um, it doesn't make sense to go you know far afield to check on them but um, sometimes users will often report you know if someone's staying on an island or they're visiting and something seems amiss, um, they're able to send us um, a kind of like digital report, which is sort of a new thing um, as far as um, how we typically get that kind of information. Um, so yeah, more recently, as of last year, we've enabled this sort of like digital logbook form where someone can report an issue, um, you know, right away and, and we'll know about it that way. So. That's typically how we hear, you know, about how things are going out there and determine if we need to, you know, send some more troops out there or, or you know, focus our efforts elsewhere. There are thousands of islands on the coast of Maine. Yeah. And beyond ones that are owned by states or municipalities that, you know, are kind of just public by the nature of like state access, public access, none of them are open, you know, to, to the people of Maine. And um, so it's been kind of like an, an interesting niche of MIDA coming in and kind of fostering these like handshake agreements often. There's no contract or anything that MIDA, you know, draws up between the owner and, and MIDA's organization where we're beholden to do this and they're beholden to do that. And so it's really kind of a goodwill gesture by a lot of these folks. Um, who I think really see the value in public access and, you know, access to these places that are really special and important for a lot of people <clears throat> and unique. You know, I think especially, you know, in the states where land is so privatized um, and typically land along the coast is inaccessible to a lot of people. Not everyone has the means to buy land on the water, you know very, very few people do. And so having these public places um, is a huge, huge boon, I think, to everyone who lives around, you know, lives in the area who, who is able to get out there and use them. And so 
yeah, it really comes down to access and, you know, people who enjoy these places and get out there using them and want to give back and help take care of them. That's sort of like the level up, you know, in involvement with MIDA, you know, there's the one draw about being able to use these places. But I think a lot of people, when they, they become a MIDA member and they visit a few islands, it really, for a lot of folks, engenders a sense of wanting to take care of them as well. Uh, once they see, you know, the value and kind of like protecting these places for recreation and for access and just to keep them in perpetuity open to, to everyone. I finally asked my all-time favorite question. What is your favorite part of the job? It's funny, yeah, I think it's like changed a bit. I think when I first, especially first coming like uh, on as a caretaker, it was like, oh my gosh, living on an island for the summer, like dream job, perfect. Um, just to kind of enjoy the environment, you know, like I keep saying, like, enjoy these places. Like, they're just so beautiful. And so the idea of being able to spend all my time in one of these islands was a huge draw. And I was doing the job and there was a lot of, like, interacting with folks. And I think what I really enjoyed was actually, like, making connections with folks who were coming out and, and finding that commonality of everyone just being so jazzed about being out there. Like, so many folks coming out and just like loving like the weekend they came to camp on Jewel Island you know it was like we do it every year and it's this like big thing and being able to share that joy of place and of experience and um so that was surprising to me I think I wasn't expecting to really like enjoy like those interactions as much and um yeah so then that has really like trans um or that experience also relates to, I think, a lot of my interactions with volunteers now that I'm working a lot more with volunteers and leading volunteer groups and sharing that um, excitement and like joy of, you know, wanting to come out and help with the volunteers who are coming out and just seeing how much they, they're picking up every piece of trash and they're just like, they're like out there, they're loving it. And so it's really, it's been fun to kind of like find those shared moments with the volunteers and other people who um yeah are you know just as invested in protecting these places as you are mm -hmm.